Hello everyone and welcome back to Indie Talk Wrestling Podcast. I am your host Paul Martinez and we are here to talk about uh, two very interesting big shows. Uh, we're going to talk about Ultima Lucha Part 1, which is really Lucha Underground Episode 40, which is the 40th and final episode before the two-hour special, which is Ultima Lucha, of course. But they have dubbed this Ultima Lucha Part 1, having three matches, kind of like the undercard, if you will, the prelims of Lucha, of Ultima Lucha, pardon me. And we're also going to talk about Ring of Honor's pay-per-view that just came off its uh, death before Dishonor. A very interesting show with a main event that uh, is going to need a lot of time to talk about. But usually Lucha Underground is the main event. But for this one, we're going to switch that up. Uh, we're going to start with Lucha Underground. Yeah, and this is episode 40. Wow, we've had 40 episodes that we've talked about of Lucha Underground on this podcast. And uh, I've enjoyed talking about all 40. And I'm going to enjoy talking about this one too as we gear up for Ultima Lucha in just a couple of days. Uh, the show opens in the prison area of the temple where we see Black Lotus uh, loading, uh, doing, I'm sorry, pull-ups. Uh, and walks Dario dressed in a tuxedo. He says, tonight is the night as he ships champagne. Uh, Dario spins a story that it's La Dragon Azteca, the guy who trained Black Lotus, who actually killed her parents. His brother, in fact, was just a victim of being forced to fight in these underground uh, fight clubs by his father, who made him into a monster. He says the truth hurts, but it can set her free. Okay, so now we're getting a new twist here. I'm not sure I'm buying Dario's story that uh, it wasn't Matanza, but we'll see where this goes. If it I, if it even gets wrapped up next week, it may not, and this may continue on to a season two that we haven't even been guaranteed yet. Our opening match for Ultima Lucha, the Mac versus Cage, falls count anywhere. The match doesn't even get to the ring. It starts at the top of the stairs. They quickly begin fighting on that small roof of the storage area that Phoenix was put through a few weeks. Go. Mac winds up hitting an exploder into the bleachers for a two count. Slowly they work their way down to the ground level. Cage uses a chair, but then Mac spears Cage through the door of that same storage area. Looks like the room was full of props that we could see all the time in these type of matches. You know, fire extinguisher, stop sign, two by four, etc. So then they explain, uh, Stryker does, that these items were thrown out around the area by Dario Cueto so that they would have things to beat each other with. Cage uses the fire extinguisher, blasts it into the face, the Mac, and I don't know. I've never had a fire extinguisher sprayed in my face. This looks like something that is not only not really uh, pleasant, but I don't know if it's all that uh, healthy to suck up all that stuff. Who knows? It may not even be a real one. Who knows? Mac winds up going out and finding a cooler. He hits Cage with the cooler. It falls to the ground and a bunch of metal lights fall out of it. Mac 
picks two cans up, cracks them together, takes a swig, and hits a stunner in which the crowd goes apeshit over. He then uh, does the double middle finger motions, like the an entire ode to Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was it was it was freaking awesome. Is all I could say. This crowd is hot to begin with, and this whole uh, Stone Cold thing. I I don't think I've ever I can remember a crowd that went that nuts uh, over something. Uh, it was amazing, amazing moment. He covers for two, and this crowd is upset that he kicked out. Man, this is really a fun match. Uh, next, he hits him with a bottle, but Case no-sells it and clotheslines the hell out of him. Case sets up a table as he's looking to do his uh, deadlift suplex through it, but Matt counters and instead hits a sit-out powerbomb through it. He covers, but Case kicks out again. The crowd feels, it sounds like they're almost in pain that he didn't win there. The crowd's so into this match. Case climbs uh, some staircase up to the roof of Dario Quinto's office. Mac follows him. Mac hits a spine buster on top of a garbage can for another near fall. Case comes back, hits a discus clothesline. He now does his deadlift suplex onto the roof. He covers for two. Then you see on the roof there's a cinder block. Kate sets it up and curb stomps Mac's face through the cinder block. Just the cinder block exploding. <laughs> of course, we know that's not no real cinder block would do that, but that's the visual was like, oh my god, he killed him. Uh, obviously, one, two, three. Holy shit. Three and a half stars. That was so much fun. Crazy violent action. I really going in did not think this match. Oh, false canary, blah, blah, blah. This was good stuff. Really good stuff. My good Melissa Santos looking great tonight as he introduces the competitors for the next match. It's Ivelisse, Son of Havoc, and Angelico defending the trio's titles against the Disciples of Death. Apparently now the Lucha Ghosts, as they call them, have names. All of a sudden, uh, one is called Dresse, which is Spanish for 13. One is called Barrio Negro, which is like Black Hood, I guess. A barrio is like a, a, a Spanish like neighborhood. Uh, so Barrio Negro is kind of like uh, a black hood is the best way I would try to English it. And uh, El Siniestro de la Muerte, I don't know, like the Sinister Mr. Death or something? I, I don't know. I'm not really sure exactly what that means. Obviously, La Muerte is death, and Siniestro is like evil. It's like evil death or something? I don't know. Anyway, I have uh, learned actually that Trece is actually Ricky Mandel. Barrio Negro is Argenis. And Siniestro de la Muerte is El Mariachi Loco. So basically, we got three jobbers under these masks. Uh, reminds me a lot of the Los Conquistadors from the WWE days. Well, the Disciples are completely mauling the champs. It's a total destruction going on. But then they, they come to life a little. Son of Havoc and Angelica were hitting a lot of crazy dives on them. 
Soon enough, the Lucha Ghosts are back in charge. Angelica was laid out in the bleachers somewhere. Son of Havoc is crouched on the ring post. Ivelisse uh, still with the broken foot. It's not really doing much. It's kind of outside the ring. They tossed her out there and she's just kind of out there limping around. Can't really move too much. And um, Angelica, Angelica winds up knocking his guy down as Son of Havoc takes out the two attacking him. Angelica goes to the perch and hits a flying body press across the frickin' arena onto the two guys' Son of Havoc knocked out. This guy is nuts. They show Angelico bleeding from the mouth. Everyone is down and out. Katrina climbs into the ring and raises that stone of hers as the Disciples of Death start to rise with it. Ivelisse enters the ring. She knocks Katrina down as the rock rolls away. Ivelisse is pounding down on Katrina now. Katrina is able to flip over, grab the stone, and clock Ivelisse with it. One of the disciples covers her. I think it was Barrio Negro for the three count. After Katrina gives Ivelisse the lick of death, which uh, I'm just not going to talk about. Let's just let that go. (laughs) Katrina licking the face. Of Ivelisse. Let's uh, think about that on your own for a moment. And we'll move on. Two and a half stars. Outside of the Angelico dive though. It was pretty tame. Especially after the mayhem we had in the opening match. And we'll get our final match of this show. And it is Drago. Versus Hernandez. In a Believers Backlash match. We get a bunch of fans. With straps. Come down to surround the ring. Hernandez quickly sends Drago to the floor, but they don't hit him. Instead, they help him up. Hernandez, of course, is pissed. He goes out and shoves a fan, and the rest start whipping the crap out of him. Hernandez is running, going for a timeout. (laughs) Great stuff. Then a corkscrew body press by Drago, and Drago clotheslines him over the top. Some very large guy who apparently is called the hot tub guy. Is whipping Hernandez. Uh, his whips are not uh, nearly looking as bad as some of the other guys who look like they were really hauling off on him. And then that fan that Hernandez accosted the other week is there. He tries to hit him. Hernandez snatches his strap for him, so he runs away. A slingshot shoulder tackle by Hernandez. Sit out power bomb by Hernandez. Hernandez goes up, tries to top rope splash, but Drago gets his knees up. Drago tries the Dragon's Lair, but it was a little sloppy and it ultimately didn't work. Uh, my honest, I guess, is that Hernandez is just too big a guy to try to do that move to. It would look like that move, the Dragon's Lair, would be very hard to pull off someone large you know, like, like Hernandez. Uh, Hernandez then border tosses Drago over the ropes onto three of the fans ringside. Great spot. Hernandez goes with a super mech dive, but Drago spits yellow mist into his eyes mid-air. Hernandez crashes to the floor as the fans start whipping him again. Crawls under the ring to get away. But uh, they surround the ring from all sides. He finally emerges and the whipping commences. Uh, Drago has uh, set up a table while this is going on. He now pulls out his nunchucks, 
Drago attacks the nunchucks, sets him up on the table. He climbs the buckle and splashes him through the table, rolls him in the ring, and then nails another splash on the top rope. One, two, three, Drago wins. Two and a half stars. It's an okay match. A little too gimmicky with the fans and all that, but that was to be expected once you heard what the match was going to be. From what I understand, even if Lucha Underground comes back, Hernandez uh, will not be with them. Apparently, I don't know what the story was, if it was money or what have you, but Hernandez is no longer with the company. So that's the end of Hernandez as Drago vanquishes him. Uh, we see La Dragon Azteca walking through the streets as he comes upon the temple. He tries to enter, but he's stopped by a kung fu fighting hooded guy. Azteca says he has to save her, but the mystery hood guy tells him the prophecy says if he enters the temple, he will die. He says he doesn't care. The hooded guy lets him in, and the show ends. So, I guess, you know, we have La Dragon Azteca going to save Black Lotus and apparently will die because he entered the temple. So, this is what we could expect is uh, some death. In the final episode of Lucha Underground. So uh, <laughs> I'm looking for it. As for the show, it was okay. It wasn't bad. You know, like I said, this is kind of the prelims. But next week, it's a two-hour main part of the show. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I really want to know who the master is. I really want to see the match with Puma and uh, Mel Muertes. That should be good. Alberto... El Patron and Johnny Mundo should be really good. Do we get a final thing with, do we find out who Matanza is and uh, what happens with Black Lotus? So a lot of stuff happening and let's hope that we get a good final and uh, all these questions are answered and we're not left hanging just in the case that Lucha Underground doesn't return. Uh, I, I think it will, but it hasn't been officially, it's still looking for money, so... Let's see what happens. Before we get to death before dishonor, I hate when I have to talk about stuff like this. Um, if you guys don't know, you probably do by now. It's been everywhere. Rowdy Roddy Piper passed away, as I'm saying this um, two days ago, at the tender age of 61 years old. I can't lie. I, I, uh, I shed a couple of tears. Roddy Piper was a major part of my childhood. Um, my love for professional wrestling, in many ways, is due to Roddy Piper. Because I remember, as I watched wrestling as a young boy, um, I watched a few episodes here and there. Um, wasn't like something I was like obsessed about. I liked it. You know, if I got a chance, my dad would watch it, and sometimes he would let me stay up with him, you know, watching Channel 9 at 11 o'clock at night to watch, like, you know, S.D. Jones job out to somebody. You know, I, you know, never rarely ever saw a good match, and still I thought it was, like, amazing stuff. And then, of course, Piper's pick came, and my guy, from really from day one I started watching, my guy was Jimmy Snuck. Uh, to this day, uh, Jimmy Stucker, uh, you know, I, even I'm on a 
I'm on a wrestling board uh, where I participate in a kind of like a fantasy federation uh, where we all have different promotions and wrestlers and we book our own shows, storylines, interviews, what have you. And I've been doing that for many years now. And my name on that board is Superfly in respect to Jimmy Snooker. So, because, you know, he was the first guy that I just really loved. And there'll never be anything that ever happened. Of course, the Ray Stevens thing was like the first thing that really got me drawn in to Jimmy Snooker and wrestling. But then, Jimmy Snooker, I was now a bona fide wrestling fan and um, loved Jimmy Snooker. And Jimmy Snooker goes, of course, onto the Piper's Pit show. And, of course, um, maybe some younger fans don't know. The, the famous Piper's Pit, I'm sure the older ones, is, if you're an older fan, you definitely know, is considered probably one of the most famous uh, angles ever to take place in professional wrestling. But for, just for maybe the younger fans who don't know, I'll go over it quickly. Um, Jimmy Snooker was a guest on the Roddy Piper's Piper's Pit show, which was a little interview segment in the middle of a show in which Piper would pretty much just bring people out there to berate them. And uh, make fun of him and joke around. And uh, Jimmy Snooker uh, came out there. He had a little beef to pick, pick with Piper, who had made fun of him on an earlier segment. And so they're going back and forth. And Piper's like, you know, mocking him and taking out things like pineapples and coconuts and telling Jimmy should have got him a tree so he could climb up and down like a monkey. You know, typical Piper crap. And Snooker was a guy who did not play around. He was very. Uh, he was not the guy to mess with, you know? And so Jimmy let him get all his shit out, and then he was, like, ready to destroy Piper. And Jimmy was very matter-of-fact about things. And he was like, okay, you're done. And he was to put down his microphone so he could uh, tear into him. And Piper smashes a coconut across the head of Jimmy Snooker, uh, then proceeds to remove his leather belt and whips Snooker unmercifully for what seemed at the time like 20 minutes. Of course, now we know it's probably more like two. But um, I remember the time thinking like, oh my God, the entire show. Is just in, you know, That's how your mind remembers things, you know. And I never hated anyone like I hated Roddy Piper after that day. And... If you're a professional wrestling fan, as you know, this the professional wrestling would is all about good versus evil. You know, this is a storyline. I always, you know, people who love MMA lately are bashing wrestling or what have you, whatever it is. I'm not gonna get into that argument right now. But wrestling is a, is a show. It's entertainment. It's not sport. It's a show about a sport in which we have evil characters and good characters, and you know, we root usually for the good characters to beat the evil ones. Sometimes we root for the bad guys, but that's just the nature of Americans, and I guess people in general. But here was a thing. This was the biggest villain you could ever find because Jimmy was so beloved and made Piper into a household name. And it changed my life because I was so, once you had a guy to hate, it was easy to have a guy you like. Oh, yeah, I like that guy. Oh, yeah, I really like that guy. When you have a guy to hate, that's when you get 
and mostly invested. I I point to a TV show right now, very popular, Game of Thrones. And I told many people, Game of Thrones is very much like professional wrestling. And the reason why it's so popular is because they give you characters to hate. They give you the characters like Joffrey and uh, the new guy, the Bolton guy now. Uh, you give these really evil, evil villains to hate. That you want to see them get there. And it makes you tune in and be like, I hate that person. To me, hatred will drive you more than fandom of a, of a wrestler. So, Roddy Piper being so hated is what I felt really put me over the top as a wrestling fan. And he, no one played the heel better than Roddy Piper. He was the ultimate villain. Think about, you know, where we are with WrestleMania. Well, we got 30, 30 WrestleManias, 32. I don't even know where we're up to anymore. You know who was in the main event of the first one? It was Roddy Piper. Why did that WrestleMania make it? Why did the WrestleMania be, be a success that it was? This unbelievable chance that Vince McMahon took. That could have bankrupted his company. And who knows where wrestling would be if it even would be on TV anymore if not for WrestleMania. But you know why that worked? It didn't work because of Hulk Hogan. I always tell people this. That worked because people hated Piper and wanted to see him get his ass kicked. And Hulk Hogan was the hero to finally get rid of Piper once and for all. Piper finally gets his for everything he's done. Piper was the most hated man in wrestling. Piper went and picked a fight with Mr. T, a very popular actor from a TV show, to further the hatred people had of Piper. I always would say this. I always felt my power at WrestleMania wasn't Hogan and T. My power WrestleMania was Piper. Because without a good villain, you don't have a good story. Piper was the best. And another quick story I have is that um, I always say I've been to a lot of great wrestling shows. Um, ECW. Um, if you've never been to ECW, I feel sorry. Uh, whether you like that hardcore style of wrestling or whatever it was, wasn't the point. I, I always say that's what people don't understand. Going to an ECW event was like nothing else. Um, Ring of Honor. Very rabid crowd. Uh, I love going to Ring of Honor. Really great wrestling, but I loved going to see it, I think, more because of the, the crowd is so hot for it. Uh, very ECW-like. But I always say the hottest crowd, the loudest I've ever heard any arena ever, was when Roddy Piper had his retirement match. Well, it was his final. It wasn't his retirement match. It bound... WrestleMania 3, I guess it was, where he was going to go out after fighting A.D. Adonis. Of course, he made a comeback a couple years later. But at the time, it was supposed to be his farewell tour. And it was his final match at Madison Square Garden in a elimination six-man tag match. And I tell you, I never heard a crowd in my life for any sport, baseball, wrestling, football, basketball, I've never heard a crowd that loud in my life. 
and it was for Piper as he came to the ring. It, I have goosebumps remembering that night. And um, this is just to show you what this man did, how he touched lives. People, he was the most hated man ever. And when he turned babyface, he was the most beloved man. And it's just an incredible, incredible ode to the talent that he had. Was he the best in-ring worker? No. He was a lot better than a lot of guys who are wrestling now. But he knew how to connect with the crowd. That is the true talent of a professional wrestler. That's where Hogan's skill was. That's where Daniel Bryan's skill is. Their skill is how they connect with the audience. And that is the greatest skill you can have. McFlair has it. The greatest, to me, talent you can have as a professional wrestler is not how many moves you can do in the ring and how many flips you can do or how many times you can press them somebody. Is if you can make the audience feel either they hate you or they love you, but they feel something. And I just tell you that Roddy Piper is among the very best that ever was at that. And I'm just so sad. 61 years old is way too young to die. Sorry, that's not very professional to me, but like I said, he was a very important figure of my childhood. And uh, it's very sad to talk about his passing, which I just feel is really untimely at 61 years old. And he will be missed. He will be missed. Um, someone wrote my Facebook page the other day. He was the pillar which the current WWE was built upon. And wow, that's really true. He is the pillar, in my opinion, that all professional wrestling is built upon right now. One of them, as I said, I don't. I think WWE never has the success they have without that first WrestleMania. And I don't think that WrestleMania works about what Piper did. So, we've lost so many men this year. Dusty Rhodes, um... There's, there's so many, there's, there's others, of course. There's a little emotion, so it's hard to remember. Of course, what happened to Paraguayo Jr., which maybe to American fans is not a big name, but in Mexico. <laughs> you could even say he was like the Mexican Roddy Piper. So we, we've lost some big names this year, but Roddy Piper, my goodness, that, that's a huge name to lose. And we're all a little less today because he's not around anymore. And I know there was a lot of controversy with him in recent months. Uh, with whatever, he had some little feuds going on. I think with Stone Cold Steve Austin or what have you. I, I don't really get too much into the other guy's podcast because now that I'm recording my own, I don't want to be influenced by anyone else. I want to be genuine. And, but I still, when I heard about whatever was going on, I just said to myself, Roddy's working everybody again. And, uh, of course, we'll never know if that was true, but that's always 
going to be the way I think of it. Marty was just working the audience one more time. Okay, um, let's move on to Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor. Usually one of their really better shows uh, of the year. And uh, we're going to open up. This took place on July 24th of 2015. And opened to Silas Young versus Will Ferrara. Silas jumps out of the ring and gets in the fan's face. Wasn't really sure if this was a work, though it probably was. Uh, and all of a sudden, Will does a dive over the top onto Silas when he turns around. He didn't really land correctly. He really almost killed himself. But luckily, he was okay. The match is pretty much a back and forth affair. Ferrara hits a really nice tornado DDT for two. Uh, then uh, Sidus winds up answering with the killer combo for a near fall. Really some great chain wrestling. They start the counter counters until Sidus nails the misery. One, two, three. He finally gets the clean win of Ferrara. Uh, two stars. Good match. Glad to see Sidus win. After the match, the boys of Dalton Castle come in the ring with their antics to uh, annoy Silas. Then we get Moose versus Cedric Alexander. We get Prince Nana. Nice to see Prince Nana. I've always been a Prince Nana fan. Uh, not even so much for his managerial skill. I just find the guy comical. A lot of cat and mouse with Cedric here. Finally, Moose catches him. And he's tossing him all over the outside of the ring area. Uh, Moose winds up giving Cedric a fall away slam into the metal barricade. That was a nice spot. Uh, Vita Scott does a distraction to get things turned around. And, but Moose comes back, and he, but he totally whiffs on a drop kick. Uh, the announcers try to play it off, but there was a major botch. But then Moose hits the sky high, shades D'Lo Brown. I thought uh, that could be it, but Alexander kicked out. Hits a 540 kick and a tornado DDT, which almost gets the win for him. And then he hits a Michinoku driver, but Moose kicks out. Really enjoying uh, this match at this point. Cedric looks for a springboard move, but he slips off the ropes. Kind of falls into a knee for Moose. Moose hits a huge clothesline. Uh, Cedric drop kicks Moose to the floor, hits a flip dive out on him. Cedric is all full of himself. Uh, he snatches Nana's headset. Nana shoves him, and Cedric lays Prince Nana out. Stokely runs over to help. He's hurled into the barricade. And of course, you get this, you know, idiot ref. Oh, let's forget about the match. Let's go check on the manager now. Uh, Moose. Clocks uh, Cedric Alexander outside the ring and sends him in. Vita hits Moose in the back of a chair to no effect. Now Moose is stalking Vita Scott. Cedric Alexander tries to dive on him through the ropes, but Moose catches him, power bombs him onto the ring apron. Cedric now slides under the ring. Uh, he emerges with the wrench again. He crawls in the ring. Moose goes for the spear. But Cedric clocks him with the wrench. One, two, three, it's over. Two stars of them being nice. There were some good parts, but there was a lot of bad too. Uh, very sloppy match. And honestly, 
Moose. The, you know, like I said, he's a little clunky. He's only been wrestling for a short time, but he has tons, tons of promise that I see in him. But this was just an off night for him. And Cedric had a couple of shaky spots also. And I also thought it was a bit overbooked of all the outside stuff. You know, I, I don't like too much too much outside interference and too much you know, other people getting involved. Usually for me, you know, kind of takes away from a match. It's good once in a while, but not the biggest fan of it. Move on to match number three, and it's the Briscoes versus Rapongi Vice. Early on, Rocky tries to teach Mark how to do the Eddie Guerrero shake. Uh, once Mark finally gets it, he also gets a poke in the eye. The match is frantically paced, their bodies flying everywhere. Romero backdrops Mark, but he lands on his feet and nails the Enziguri for a nice spot. More back and forth action. There's an inadvertent clash of heads that busts Beretta around the left eye. Now it's just to make it sound like uh, we could get a doctor stoppage because of uh, the rules in Baltimore. But uh, luckily, the eye doesn't seem to really uh, be bleeding too badly. Mark does some redneck kung fu on him. Then Mark comes off the top. but gets super kicked by Beretta. The Drake Mark over the top rope as Romero nails him with a missile drop kick. Then nails a shiny wizard for a near fall. The Punky Vice are looking for their finisher, but Jay breaks it up with a super kick. Flying body splash by Jay, but Beretta kicks out. Then things just start getting crazy again. Mark wins up hitting a blockbuster on the floor on Rocky Romero. Jay hits Jay Driller on Beretta. As Mark follows up a froggy bow for the victory. Three stars. This was a really fun match. Uh, Punky Vice really was, I, in my head when I saw this, I'm like, Punky Vice is going to get killed here. But it was a really good match. Uh, Briscoes do win, but uh, it was very competitive. Next, we get Adam Cole, baby, as he faces Dalton Castle. Crowd loves both men. Uh, Dalton does his weirdest early. Cole's not really intimidated. You know, when you get past all his antics, Dalton's really talented in the ring. Uh, but there's a lot of comedy in this early on. Tornado slam by Castle for two. Uh, Cole comes back, hits a shiny wizard for two. They continue the battle back and forth. Castle... Winds up landing a knee strike. Goes up top. But gets caught with a super kick. German suplex and another signing wizard by Adam Cole. But he still only gets two. Then he does start trading strikes. And then Cole just hits a super kick. Then another to the back of Castle. Goes to the Florida Key. But gets rolled up by Dalton for a near fall. He hits another super kick. Then the vertical suplex into an over-the-knee neckbreaker, and he covers for three. Three stars, another good match. Cole is really getting his timing back. Uh, you can just see it. Uh, after the match, Silas Young runs out and attacks Dalton Castle's boys, uh, much to the chagrin of the fans. And as I was saying, uh, yeah, Adam Cole, uh, I'm starting to see uh, him more and more looking like Adam Cole pre-injury. Uh, this was definitely his best match, I thought. But the AJ Styles match he had was very good, but I thought AJ carried that. This one looked much better. 
And now we get a no disqualification match. Uh, it's we continue this grudge between ACH and Adam Page. BJ Whitmer and Kobe Carino first come out minus Page as BJ's in some sort of leg cast. He tells the crowd he just had knee surgery and he won't be wrestling for a while. Uh, the fans in the audience cheered and I was very happy <laughs> as I heard it too. As you guys know, I'm not a big BJ Whitmer nor decade fan. So now he'll be sitting with the announce team. Out comes Adam Page. ACH is all over Adam. Uh, he showboats a little though when it costs him. Then ACH winds up throwing a chair into Adam's face. But later, Page uses the chair to ACH's back. Just, just really good action here. These guys are going just really full, full speed. ACH ends up hitting a step up 540 kick, which was a nice spot. Uh, all of a sudden, this things even get crazy. We get a table. We get a ladder. We get some kind of Indian workout club dragged out from under the ring. Indian workout club? Where the hell did we get that? Anyway, Paige hits a pump handle suplex on a ladder. That was a really nice spot. Uh, ACH kicks out of that too. ACH starts to get things going. It's a big clothesline. Then he hits a German suplex onto the ladder. But Paige, when he landed, hit shoulder and face first on that ladder. Damn. Uh, there are holy shit chants for that. <laughs> I chanted along too uh, when I saw that spot. Brainbuster on the chair by ACH, but Paige kicks out. Paige goes again the chair, hits a chair shot, then a jumping DDT. Uh, he gets a near fall. ACH wants to penny a 450 out on the floor. Rolls him in and goes up, but Kobe runs over to distract him. ACH drops him with a right hand, but BJ slips in his crutch in the page and uses it on ACH. He delivers the rider past his power driver from the apron through a table. Kobe rolls ACH in and then rolls Page in on top of him as the ref counts to three. Great match. Three and a half stars. Um, Pissing me off that ACH continues to lose, though. Uh, and I still hate this whole decade nonsense. Okay, now we go to our four-way tag match. As the uh, Addiction are defending the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship against Red Dragon, War Machine, and The Kingdom. Every team is getting in their offense here. Adam Cole is doing some commentary. They're playing up the friction with him and the rest of the faction. We get a scrum to break out, uh, leaving Red Dragon Addiction alone in the ring. Red Dragon is all over them as they hit the two-man Smash Brothers and Christopher Daniels. Uh, then they look for Chasey Dragon and Michael Bennett, but he fights out of it. There's a double choke slam on Taven by War Machine. Everyone's out the ring at this point. Taven is a crazy dive on everybody. Hansen climbs up, hits a flip dive onto the power as the fans go nuts. Taven in the ring hits a senton for a near fall. But Cole gets up from his desk then. We thought he was going to you know, do some sort of running. But he just calmly walks to the back. Uh, they hit Chasing the Dragon now on Bennett. 
They cover but Daniels and Kazarian break it up. The addiction hit a uh, double team move on Fish for a near fall. Now War Machine take out the champs. They destroy Daniels with the passive resistance, which ends up a splash by Hansen. They signal for the fallout. The ref gets distracted, and we get War Machine taken out with belt shots. Then the Kingdom hits O'Reilly with the proton pack. He kicks out. This just not stopping Sandy in this match. They finally ends of addiction, hitting celebrity rehab on Bobby Fish to retain the belts. Three and a half stars. It was a slightly bit of a mess, but action-packed nonstop uh, from the bell to bell. And, uh, you know, the addiction continued to hold on to the belts. As a Red Dragon fan, I'm kind of hoping to see them regain the titles. But you know how wrestling works. Once you lose the belts, usually a while before you get them back. And we get time for our main event. It's Jay Lethal defending the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championship versus Roderick Strong. For about the first 20 minutes, it's just a back and forth affair. A lot of mat wrestling, some chops from both men. No major spots, just, you know, hard wrestling. Then Lethal nails a super kick, followed by a lethal combination for a two count. Fans are pretty split as we hear dueling chants throughout this match. Strong winds up rolling out the ring at one point. He gets blasted by Donovan Dijak, who's ringside with the rest of the House of Truth. And then uh, both men go back to some mat wrestling. Both men using a lot of wear down holds. Fight moves to the floor, where Strong hits a reverse DDT on the mats. They go back in to stop the count. Then they leave again. They're trading chops to each other's chest. Uh, like I said, the, the match is everywhere. It's on the outside, it's on the inside. But neither man really getting any sustained run on offense here. They are pretty much just like trading stuff. Uh, Strong at one point has Jay down in the corner. He's in the opposite looking to strike when Jay Diesel grabs his leg. He kicks him away, then charges right into the boot of Lethal. Lethal tosses him outside. He goes for a suicide dive that he does, but Strong catches and redirects him right into the metal barrier face first. Uh, he scoots back in the ring as Diesel and Dijak check on Lethal. And uh, Strong hits the ropes to wind up in a corkscrew plancer on all three of them. At this point, we are over 30 minutes in the match. Uh, Strong is really fired up. He drops Lethal down across the barrier and sends him into the ring. Hits death by Roderick for a near fall. The momentum changes again for about the 10th time as Lethal starts... To work Roderick, hitting a reverse neckbreaker over the top rope. Roddy comes back. He hits a backbreaker, but immediately clutches at his own knee when he does it. Uh, Lethal loses a distraction by Tooth Martini to now nail the triple suicide dives. Referee is laying in the count. Roddy gets it at 19, but uh, Lethal just tosses him right back out. Champ now finally, first time that either guy really has had a, uh, any type of control and it's Jay Lethal. He starts chopping Roderick around the ring. He had to land about two dozen chops. And then Strong just explodes on Jay with a barrage. A knife hand smashes of his own. 
both these guys' chests are beat red at this point. And uh, I checked the clock. We are past the 45-minute mark. Roddy Dow uh, locks on the stronghold. Uh, great job, Alito, faking a tap out a few times as he tricked me. I thought he tapped out. He moved his hand on a tapping motion, but it never actually hit the mat. And uh, I, I almost like uh, leapt out of my seat thinking Roddy had won the belt. Lethal winds up getting the rope break finally. He gains, regains the advantage. He hits the hail to the king for a two count. Then hits the lethal combination into a cozy clutch. Very nice transition. It doesn't get the uh, submission. Truth winds up distracting Sinclair. Once more, as Lethal connects with the Book of Truth. And finally, he covers him. One, two, no. Strong kicks out. We are past 50 minutes. Jay goes for the Lethal Injection. Roddy tries to counter, but Jay saw it coming. Lands a super kick. He looks once again for Hail to the King. But Roddy counters into a top rope superplex. Death by Roderick. Followed by the sick kick as the crowd leaps to their feet. One, two, no! Lethal kicks out. The arena is going crazy. Strong goes with a strong breaker, but it's blocked. He tries it again, but it's blocked. Lethal injection by Jay. He covers. Strong kicks out at two. This is insanity. We're somewhere about the 58-minute mark at this point. They just start trading blows. And Strong nails two jumping knees to the Joe Alito. He's basically out on his feet. But out of nowhere, nails a super kick. And the bell rings. 60 minutes are up. We get a time limit draw. I want to give this five stars, but I just can't. I'm going to give it four and a half. But it is maybe the best match I've seen in the United States this year. Really, these two guys, in my opinion, are the best two wrestlers this side of Akata and AJ Styles right now. Just a while. Of course, I have to say that because at this point, Daniel Bryan is not wrestling. And without Daniel Bryan, you know, these guys move up the rank. And you got obviously have another match. Uh, overall, it's just a really good show with a great main event. Now, I wonder why the car looked a little light on matches, and now I know why. They had to give over an hour to these guys. But uh, it was an hour well spent. Definitely, this is an entire show I really think you should, you should watch. But definitely, watch this Lethal Roderick Strong match. One hour Broadway. Long time since we've seen that. Uh, also, catch the ACX Adam Page match, which was really, really good. And that's our show. And uh, we will be back this week with Ultima Lucha. We'll probably do Ring of Honor TV. And uh, after that, we're probably going to take a little quick hiatus in Lucha Underground. Uh, won't be. Well, we have completed their season. I'm not taking a hiatus to if and when they come back. I'm just going to be focusing on the G1 Climax. If you are listening to Strong Style Wrestling Podcast, uh, you know they've already going over the first four nights of the uh, tournament. And I just want to dedicate my time for the next uh, couple of weeks uh, updating those shows with all the tournament matches as I'm starting to fall a little behind. Uh, so I just want to concentrate on getting those out. Once the G1 is finished, 
indie talk wrestling podcast will return after that. But of course, we will be back this next week as we talk about Ultima Lucha and all the fun that'll be. And uh, we'll probably talk about a Ring of Honor TV as well. Maybe something else. Never know. Never know what else we'll talk about on the show. I, I don't have it planned. I kind of just go into the week and see what's happening and uh, what, what I'm able to have time to watch and review. And I'm glad that you're here to listen to the review. So, for everyone who was listening, thanks a lot. Return for us. If you've been with us this long, you don't want to finally miss how Lucha Underground ends its season. So, I hope to see all of you back with me again. And until that show, bye-bye.